Welcome to Commercial Property Podcast. My name is Helen Tarrant. I'm an author, I am an educator, and I am a specialist commercial property bias agent. Now, in this podcast, I'm going to be sharing with you specialist strategies and terminologies and live case studies on how you too can achieve financial freedom through commercial property. Now, if you are looking to buy your first commercial property, want to find out more information to see if commercial property is right for you, or you want to expand your portfolio to two or three commercial properties or even more, then this is the podcast for you. I will be sharing with you live case studies, the journey of my clients and students, and also how we're putting deals together. So relax, listen in, and enjoy the process. Welcome to this episode. We're going to learn all about this 8% New Seville gem. Helen's going to step us through this versatile warehouse investment that's yielding more than 8% net return and providing this investor with $23,000 of positive cash flow each year. That's more than $1,900 each month of extra income for her client. Find out more about the details in this episode. Hello, welcome to the Commercial Property Podcast. I have Helen Tarrant with me. We're discussing a really, really interesting deal uh, of one of her clients and students, uh, and it's in Noosa. But let's hear from the lady herself, Helen Tarrant. Welcome, Helen. Thank you, Namiki. Lovely to be here as always. So very exciting. New uh, positive cash flow deals. Yep. I can't wait to hear them each and every time we meet uh, to discuss them. So let's we'll take take us through this particular property. Um, it's another positive cash flow property, as it always will be with you. Um, and you've said it's a positive cash flow in paradise. Why is that? Um, it's it's a it's a positive cash flow in paradise because Noosa Noosaville. Most people think of Noosa and they think of beautiful aqua blue waters and it's just serene. And Noosaville is the commercial sector of Noosa, so yeah. it's a lovely area. It's it's industrial, but it doesn't feel industrial because it's almost like going on holidays. Um, the interesting thing about areas like Noosa and Areas in the Sunshine Coast, the Gold Coast, even in the hinterlands, and then further down, you know, when you've got to, you know, your Byrons and, and Lismores and areas like that, they're a bit more, bit more of a holiday town. Everything's a bit more relaxed. Um, and one of the things I look at is I look at not where the most of the tourist population is going to be, but more where is the locals are setting up their businesses. Of so. And you'll find that areas like um, Sunshine, Gold Coast, is that most people who live there work there. They don't go and drive to Brisbane to work. Yeah. Um, so it's very different from people who live on the Central Coast in Sydney and then you know, drive to Sydney CBD for work. That sure. doesn't happen um, sure. in Gold Coast and, and, and um, Sunshine Coast. So to identify the inland area where most of them are setting up their business, that would be a stable area to invest in. So one of the things that are, yeah, yeah. I mean, so Noosaville is an industrial precinct. There's lots of little warehouses because a lot of people do trade and a lot of the trade are organic trade. So they do the broth. You know, I know recently one of our clients bought a a business that had, they're the broth suppliers and they make the broth all around Australia. Um, Okay, so you're talking organic, you're meaning organic produce, organic food. Yeah, produce. Yeah, and there's a lot of that coming. Sorry. There seems to be a lot of that coming from Brisbane in general, but um, quite often in, in, you know, sort of that area um, of the Sunshine Coast um, and maybe a little bit further down, yeah, they, have a, they, they seem to be known for that. 
you know, healthy produce, healthy lifestyle. So it makes total sense uh, that that's, you know, that's a bit of a focus for businesses in that area. Yeah, yeah. And I think, um, and also they, it's a lifestyle business as well. So while there is trade, we don't have the same trade as we do um, here in, in sort of Sydney and Melbourne. We don't have that same heavy industry. It just doesn't exist up there. Sure. Um, it, it's more the light industrial and they they do a lot of this um, food produce. And this is no different. So this one in Nooseville was one of the first deals we did in Nooseville. Um, and it was an amazing deal. And it, every single deal that we do, we look at the versatility of the property. So okay. what can it be in the future? Okay. Yeah. So what can it be? what it is now, what can it be in the future and what's a particular element of this business or this um, property that's going to attract future tenants. So that's really important, the future proving of a business or of a premise. So this property is in Inuseville on on this uh, Ventura Drive. Now, in this complex, there's only two um, two warehouses where they have commercial kitchens and the whole of Nooseville, um, commercial kitchens are really in high demand, but very low supply right? Uh, because okay. they have to get council approval to put a commercial kitchen into it. And most people who do a commercial kitchen fit out, it's about a hundred to 150 grand yeah, worth of, um, of equipment there because yeah. well, yeah, you've got equipment, you've got to seal it properly. Um, you've got to have a OH and S in there. Uh, and if, especially when you're producing organic food that's going to be distributed, um, often it requires another level in terms of um, yeah, certification. Mm-hmm. Um, so having this and having it already in the property itself um, and that um, belonging to as part of the property already has value. It right. already guarantees that in the future, if this tenant leaves, there's going to be another tenant that will come in. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I think um, what it is it, with with a property like this, um, just like any other property, you, you got to look at sort of whether you know if you could create extra, like if someone has a warehouse, the mezzanine floor, you know, where that's enclosed, um, what that can be, you know, what kind of value and difference do you have? Maybe you know it's a warehouse space that can have you know partially be office that can be partially partitioned off, so you have two tenants in there. So you know, it's it's been an it goes both ways. I like your thinking. So. Yeah, yeah. So I always look at it. Um, so this one particularly, uh, it was about a $600,000 purchase. Um, at the time, again, Noosa has in the last two years boomed. Um, at the time, that property was just a bit over uh, 8.5%. Uh, and um, it was uh, about a bit over 600000 And really, the, the tenant was in this instant uh, was paying uh, a and rent plus outgoings and GST. So the outgoings for, for a warehouse property is very, very low. So for anyone who wants to know about holding costs, like and we always do this exercise because um, even though you've got a tenant in there, you've got to know, look, in the future, what's the holding cost of this property? Sure. Yep, absolutely. So if it becomes if, untenanted, um, if it takes a little while to find a new tenant, how much is it costing you to hang on to this property in outgoings? Yeah. That's right. That's right. So that's what you want to look at. Um, so for this property, you know, you know, the outgoings is going to be a, um, uh, you know, that the outgoings for something like this is really going to be pretty much a sinking fund, uh, a admin fund for the strata. 
Um, with warehouses, the maintenance on it is very, very low. So they're not going to be as high as a retail space. Um, and then really there's only rates. So it's very simple and cheaper outgoings compared to um, compared to if you were buying something that was retail in a, in a major city. So if you're buying retail shop in the middle of Sydney CBD, um, um, 100 square meters could be, you know, as much as 20, 30,000 in, in outgoings. Right, Whereas yeah. something like that, um, you're expecting it maybe to be 5,000 to 8,000 a year at yeah. most. Significantly yeah. less. Yeah, sure. Significantly less, significantly less. So, um, so it's a much easier property to hold if you should you have a vacancy in the future. Yeah. Brilliant. So this one came out to a net positive cash flow for this owner or this buyer yeah. at to, um, around 23000 per year after they paid their interest rates back to the bank and that yeah. was yielding more than just over $1,900 a month for them, which is very nice, isn't it? Nice yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a nice positive cash flow property uh, to get started, and it's great. This is a great starter in any portfolio. Yeah, so it's it's, it's obviously easy to maintain, um, lower outgoings, uh, one tenant, good use if that tenant does leave because there's a high demand for those uh, commercial kitchens in a warehouse facility. It already started with a good yield of over eight and a half percent. Uh, and it's already returning a great positive cash flow. So, yeah, what a beautiful yeah. property. Yep. No, <laughs> it is. It's a simple property. That's the other thing is that it's simple property, It's but it has also uh, the added advantage of it being a, a simple property that allows you to later on tenant with someone else uh, because of the commercial kitchen. Yeah, yeah. So there will be, yeah, there'll be the demand there as well. And may I just ask how long approximately did it take to find a property like this one here? Um, so this property took a couple of months to find um, <laughs> just because of um, sometimes it takes a little while for these properties to come up and um, and that the vendor was in the wanting to sell, not sure, and we had to work with him through that process. Okay, that's interesting. So what was it listed to begin with and then they took it down or how did you find out about this one? Yeah, so we were um, we have a lot of different agents we're connecting with and um, and as a result of that, we, we often hear about properties before they come up to, sa to sell. Of course. Um, and some of them... Um, and some of them have properties that said, look, the vendor's looking to sell, but we haven't got all the details of it. Um, he's looking at this range. And we started preliminary negotiations. And really for something like this, um, this property came up, um, the, the vendor had an was thinking that he might want something around the 680, so high 600s, um, but we hadn't defined all of the outgoings with the leases. So there was a bit of due diligence we had to do before we were able to go to him and says, look, hey, you know, at the 680 mark, it wasn't going to work. Yeah. Um, more like the early 600 was going to work and then negotiating it. Yep. Okay. Um, and that's the power of having the foresight and the experience and negotiating power that you have. But I can see how, how that would have come, you know, come together. So really you were probably saying, um, yeah, you know, sort of <laughs> he might have been looking at an inflate, slightly inflated selling price based on the gross rent. But as you said, once you, do, you did your due diligence on the outgoings and factored, yeah. factored in what the actual net rent was, the actual money left over, then, yeah, that. Yeah, that makes more sense. 
Yeah. yeah. So and that's and that's how it um and sometimes deals don't come together. They just don't come off. You don't just pick it off the internet. Um, rarely do deals you just pick off the internet just work straight up. Most of the time, the deals are going to take time to process. Sure. Yep. Yep. There's always something to to look at into further, uh, and uh, possibly always opportunities to negotiate as well based on that information. I suppose. Yes. Absolutely. Brilliant. Well, yeah. thank you. Is there anything else you wanted to wind up with on this particular property? Or are we all good? Um, yeah, just, just one one other thing with something like this when you're looking at an, a, a warehouse property that has a commercial kitchen in there, uh, one of the things to really look at is also uh, important about power, power supply, because most people who, are, who have a commercial kitchen, they're going to need uh, fridges and freezers to be able to, for their stock, so most of these premises will have a cool room or will at some point in the future need a cool room to be installed. Right. Now, that's going to may require you as the landlord to upgrade the power and electricity supply to that premise. Okay, that makes sense. And is that a, a significant out, outlay in terms of cost or what? It depends on what your tenant need, but um, something like that, an upgrade to a whole electrical system within a warehouse space like that could be as much as, you know, seven, $8,000 okay. uh, because you're adding, you know, more lines in there, you're changing it into three-phase power and you're also um, adding more capacity. The other option is to look at, um, and I've, we've seen this in another property in, down in Southport recently where they're a seafood wholesaler and they have cool rooms that run 24-7, oh, yeah. is um, solar panels, solar panels. Oh, oh, right, okay. All of it? <laughs> or what's their backup yeah. like? Yeah, oh. Um, yeah, so they have the, the, the power already in there, but yeah. it's also the um, it, it's the additional need of additional power from the solar. And when you're in the sun, when you're on the Gold Coast, yes, yeah. you are, you know, you're so full of sun that it doesn't, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I totally understand that. I think that's phenomenal. Um, thank you for men mentioning that. Um, I'm just wondering what percentage of properties you've been seeing so far that are commercial that have solar panels contributing. I would have thought they're far and few between, but I mean, it's certainly exciting that you've mentioned that, um, you know, because especially for, for a business like that, where they're using, as you said, a lot of power, a lot of energy for refrigeration 24 seven. Um, yeah. Very, very interesting to see that they've done something about that um, power cost, power bill. Yeah, it can be quite um, expensive, so which is why we sort of just uh, it was actually a good idea to look into um, look into uh, solar. Yeah, How, because I, I can find some of these places um, when they like, for example, um, the 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 seafood wholesaler shop that could be thousands, literally three or four thousand dollars a week to power it. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's a significant yeah. outlay. So, yeah. okay. And in that situation, I'm just curious to know, do you have any information about um, who put the solar panels up there? Who owns them? Was it the landlord solely or did the um, tenant contribute to some of that cost? Do we know? Or um, is that for us, the main thing was that, um, that, uh, that the, Sometimes it's just put in by the actual owners because they own it. They have an agreement with someone like Origin and, um, and that the Origin actually put it in for free. So there's one or a couple of things. Origin put it in for free um, and then they end up you know, paying uh, – then they end up paying Origin 
for the solar they use or they put it in themselves. So we've had times where our tenants, one of our tenants um, had installed solar and we contributed to their solar because we didn't go through one of the schemes through Origin. Right, okay. Um, but on the for another one of ours, the um, the tenant actually put it in themselves. Um, and so it does happen. And a lot of them are going to be food or, or these kind of retailers that mm. that um, need a lot of power. Yeah, yeah, totally makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Marvellous. All right, well, I think we can wrap this one up. That um, Noosa deal certainly was a good deal um, that we reflected on uh, and then moving into other options or potentially the, you know, requirement for extra and additional power in a warehouse like this. Um, Con, you know, converted to food preparation warehouse in Mooseville. So thank you for taking us through that case study, Helen. It was wonderful to have you on again uh, discussing this and sharing the wealth of information that you have. And I look forward to seeing you again on the next podcast, Helen. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. So happy to be sharing this. Wonderful. See you next time. Bye. You've been listening to Commercial Property Cashflow Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please subscribe to this podcast so you do not miss any of my valuable tips and strategies. Now, if you're wanting more detailed education and training, I have a free webinar you can attend. Just click on the link in the show notes and it will take you there. And if you're ready to invest in commercial property with guided assistance and you want to talk to us, book into your free consultation. Find out more about it on helentarrant.com. I can't wait to share with you more of my tips and strategies in upcoming episodes. So really make sure you subscribe. This is Helen Tarrant signing off. See you on the Ned podcast.